I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I, uh, I once failed a personality test. I, uh, I <laughs> Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, such a pleasure to see you yet again. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I noticed you always have a you know a bookshelf filled with, you know with the books behind you, looking very intelligent. Uh, so I just went out on the internet and got a picture of books. Uh, That's perfect behind me. Uh, you know, and noticed I got more books than you. <laughs> right. So there must be more going on here. You look really smart. Oh yeah, yeah. Whereas, to be honest with you, if you um, here, I'll I'll show you one of one of the books that's always visible. It is a uh, Happy Kitty Bunny Pony oh, by Michael happy, J. Nelson. Yeah, the guy that Kitty was Bunny behind. Pony. Yeah, Happy Kitty Bunny Pony. It uh, it's a a saccharine mouthful of super cute, uh, and it's by <laughs> Michael J. Nelson, the guy behind um, uh, Mr. Science Theater Three Thousand, one of the one of the hosts, and it's uh, it's filled with uh, you know, art from the past and cutesy little things that Mike has written, making fun of all of it. It's, it's phenomenal. But I guess my point is, uh, don't look at these books and say, wow, he must be smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. If you look closer into my actual library, yeah, you'd find Calvin and Hobbes, uh, <laughs> you know, the first few volumes there and in the little, uh, Larson, the far side. Oh, nothing wrong with anything you yeah, just said. Yeah, yeah, for inspirational learning. Uh, yeah, right. those are my two go-tos. You you could really uh you could incorporate Farsight into a lot of uh job recruitment, uh, you know, interviews and and so on. You know, hey, do you get this joke? If you, if they don't get the joke, you might need to think about what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can't hire you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Not 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 happening. <laughs> yeah, it was I was ju uh, judging a senior high school girls talent contest and it was, you know, professional talent and stuff like that. And one of the applicants, when it said favorite uh, musical artist, they wrote Led Zeppelin. And I was like, well, this contest is over. <laughs> we, we have a winner. <laughs> like, yeah, high school kid that knows Led Zeppelin. <laughs> well, well, speaking of talent, Speaking of acquiring talent, recruiting talent, and uh, really, you know, letting talent flourish, you have introduced me to something that I guess maybe a lot of people know about, but I was unfamiliar with called Price's Law. Do you want to walk us through what Price's Law is? It involves math. I'm going to just go ahead and warn the the listeners, both of you. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, and we, and we've, you know, we've stated clearly that, yeah, there will be no math uh, on this channel. <laughs> So, yeah, when I first heard of Price's Law, of course, I was thinking Bob Barker. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, you always been under, you know, I thought maybe there was some formula here that I was missing on. But actually, Price's Law, I, I don't know who he is or where he came from, but I do know that his law is pretty amazing. So Price says that 50% of any production will come from the square root of the overall organization. And I was like, oh, that's math. I knew it. So 
if you look at it and say, okay, I've got, uh, and it works as a law of nature. So if I've got nine tomato plants, then according to Price's law, the three, the square root of nine is three, three of those plants will produce 50% of the results. Mm -hmm. And then the other six plants will produce the remaining 50%. Okay, so so there's a ratio here between the the total number of employees or what have you that that we're talking about, and uh, and how much production is coming from the the square root of that total number. Exactly. So okay. so yeah, if I've got if I've got sixteen salespeople, yeah, four of those salespeople, that's the right math. Four of those salespeople yeah. will produce fifty percent of the results. You're like, well, that's pretty wild. So yeah, the remaining 50% will be divvied up among the 12 remaining salespeople. Okay, okay. So like, yeah, that, that makes sense because I have certainly seen that. And I bet anybody who has worked in automotive um, has has seen that uh, play out. Um, and I would say it's not unique to automotive, but I certainly have seen it in automotive that there'll be a sales floor and you'll get a, a ton of production, uh, a ton of units out of just these guys over here. And it seems like year after year, that doesn't change much for a lot of sales floors. So is that a little bit of what we're talking about here? Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and I'd heard about this. And so I, you know, I've got uh, an organization that I work with, and they have a full-time data analyst. You know, oh, this young, this young so jealous. Whiz, whiz kid, Sheldon Cooper kind of dude. <laughs> and uh, he's just amazing. And so I went to him and I said, yeah, I've heard of Price's Law. And he hadn't, which made me feel very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you pointed at all your books. And, uh, yeah. yeah, like, hey, I know something this guy doesn't know in his field. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had him run the numbers and we ran it with the, the sales team members and we ran it with technicians, people who uh, fix automobiles. Yeah. And Price's Law was it was frightening how accurate it was. Is that right? Yeah. In some cases it was 49, 51%. I mean, of the, 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 the production being done by the square root of the number of employees. Wow. And we were all just stunned. Mm. And, and at the same time terrified because now when you think about it, you go, okay, you know, so excellence scales incrementally. Mm -hmm. Well, well, you know, uh, you know, the rest of it scales exponentially. Hmm. So, so if you take it to its farthest, you know, the farthest I can do the math, if I've got a hundred salespeople, 10 of them will be producing 50% of all the results. Huh. So I got to get my sales team to a hundred just yeah. to have 10 thoroughbreds right? yeah. have 10 guys who are killing it and i'm guessing we're having this conversation mike because really we'd like to break price's law we we would like to have uh you know either uh, i i don't know which way you go with it but you know more production out of the 10 or could we grow the 10 could we could we add an 11th and a 12th and a 13th to that list mm-hmm Oh, definitely. So, yeah, I yeah I posed the question to our uh, good friend, the artificial intelligence overlords. No, of course you did. And uh, yeah, you know, I said, you know, how do we how do we get around Price's law? 
And and it told us all the stuff that we've taught for the last 140 <laughs> podcasts, right? It says you've got to uh, hire good people, train them, coach, uh, right? Keep them engaged uh, and you can and you can overcome Price's Law. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And this dovetails nicely with um, what the Gallup organization learned. So the Gallup yeah. organization in the book, It's, Your, it's the Manager, they went yeah. out and surveyed all these high-performing companies. And they said, you know, in these high-performing companies, who do you spend your time coaching as a manager? And what percentage of time? And it was amazing that in the high-performing companies, managers spent 50% of their coaching time with their top performers, hmm. which is almost the opposite of what everybody else does. Yep. Everybody else spends all their time with the, the, the lowest-hanging uh, you know, members of their team, uh, the guys who are struggling or, or causing the most uh, you know, disruption. And they spend most of their time trying to coach them up and, and completely neglect their thoroughbreds. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And according to Price's law, now when you know Price's law and you know Gallup's, uh, mm -hmm. stuff, you go, Whoa, I know exactly who I should be spending my day talking to. Yep. Yep. And I can, uh, so see that on a, on a sales floor, how tempting it is. You know, you've, you've got that one, uh, employee who's just not getting there. And, and you want to just go help them get there. And that's going to take a lot of effort. I'm not saying it's not work that's not worth it, but it's going to take a lot of effort compared to, I need to just pour into these uh, thoroughbreds and see, you know, what it is they need to help them get to the next level because there's already, prices law doesn't specify, right? But there's, there's already some internal motivation or a skill set or something that tells us that those are the folks who know how to or or could could be unlocked uh, for a, another layer of, of potential to get to a higher level. Um, but I've seen, you know, a management team just have meeting after meeting about that one guy, you know, like, how do we how do we help that one guy? And it's usually a skill issue or a will issue. In some cases, they just don't have the horsepower, aren't willing to acquire the skill set, what have you. Um, other times it's, uh, you know, it's just the wrong person. You know, it just, just wasn't a good fit. Um, either way, there's all this effort being poured into that one person. Whereas over here, we have the gold mine for the organization. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, you sit through those meetings. Yeah. We talk about the two low performers and, and we never discuss the, the the guys at the top. And and when you're when you're a manager, part of keeping your yourself in the right frame of mind is talking to those high performers. Mm. Those are great coaching conversations, right? Yeah. That's that's one question. Pleasure. Yeah, one question, and then listen. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. You had another monster month. Tell me how you did it. Mm -hmm. And then let them talk, yep. right? And then, uh, you know, and then uh, once they're exhausted that, then your second question is, what are you going to do next? Yep. <laughs> you know, they've already got like 10 ideas. They're just trying to decide between those 10, which one yep. they're going to do. So, so yeah, that is, you can't have any more fun in, in, in a coaching conversation than, yeah, letting somebody talk about their success, let them tell you what they're going to do next and, and reinforce all the good stuff that they're doing. Okay, so it makes perfect sense to me that we would uh, try to invest more and more of our time into coaching up 
those folks who are already excelling and, and give them more reason to excel. I, I have a couple and I, I didn't plan to, to spring this on you. So, uh, you know, this, this may completely come off the rails. I have no idea what's going to happen next, but a couple of little niggling thoughts that are bothering me. There are two and they're, and they're probably, they're perhaps opposite problems of each other. One is, um, that we are focusing on a prima donna, that there's somebody who really does produce, but he he sucks up a lot of air in the room. He takes a lot of effort, and and uh, you know it seems like we're constantly having to address things for this individual. But he's part of that square root. You know, he's part of that core that produces fifty percent of the results. So um, I wonder if you've got any thoughts about does does Price's law apply to that guy, and and if so, is that time well spent? Well, I think the. I don't know the exact definition of prima donna, uh, but in, but in my book, yeah, it would be somebody who's high maintenance but is producing at a high level, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a prima donna and you're not producing, yeah, yeah well, there's a whole nother approach. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you're if you're in the square root and you're a prima donna, my rule on that was all right. So they're hard to manage. Uh, that's fine as long as they're not negatively impacting the rest of the team. Mm. and so that's where the line gets drawn yeah. and so yeah you're a prima donna you're 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 performing at a high level but you're, you're you're you got these little quirks and things that you need in order to keep moving forward that's fine but if you're a prima donna you're succeeding high level and you're tearing down other members of the team or or creating dissension or you know unfocusing yeah. them from the work now we got something to talk about and yeah. it's going to be a much more direct and difficult conversation I, I think that is a very fair answer. So let me give you the, the flip side, which is um, what would you say to someone who worries about uh, sort of uh, self-fulfilling prophecies here? So what I mean by that is uh, what, what if this is a little bit of a, of a, a, a you know, the fact that these guys are per performing because we're investing in them. And since we're investing in them, they continue performing. And we've got this vicious cycle that's really helping the organization. But meanwhile, everybody else is kind of left out. I think I know your answer, but I want to throw throw uh, throw it to you that, you know, what do we do for all these other folks that uh, are are not, you know, generating the 50 percent and um, and give them opportunities to join the club? Oh, well, I think they're uh, dead to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know I, I didn't think about that option but you got a point yeah, there okay yeah. thank you i don't even know their names <laughs> coffees no, for closers the uh, end. yeah 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 they got coffees for closers <laughs> everybody else yeah cars steak knives you're fired <laughs> so when i think of that what i think about it as i go back to the gallup organization survey and they tell us, right, 50% of your time with top performers, and then you want to spend the next 15 to 20% of your time uh, with up and comers and new people, uh, right, that, that can be trained and, and that we could that have the potential to become yeah. one of our square, square root players. Yeah. And, and this small amount of time, you know, five, six, seven percent of your time is going to be spent with the, the bottom performers who just aren't getting it. Right. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I get a glimpse, right, I, I, I sense an ember of desire or or willingness to to do something different. I'm definitely going to get in there and fan that. But, yeah, 50 percent of my time with with the top guys, 
15 to 20 percent of my time with the up and comers and the, mm-hmm. and, the, and the new people who need training uh, as much as coaching. And, and if I spend, you know, that's 70 percent of my time now. And then that leaves sometimes for the middle and just a little bit of time for those guys at the bottom. OK, it's really helpful, I, I think, to think of it that way, because you've sort of spelled out a, an application, uh, an action item from this, which is why don't you track where you're spending your time right now? Like what's going on right now in your your uh, time that you're investing in your people, uh, Mr. or Miss Manager, and uh, see if there's anything you can do to uh, adjust those uh, percentages to line up a little better with, uh, with with what you laid out there from the Gallup organization. But that, ma- that makes a ton of sense. And uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to say anybody's beyond hope. Uh, and if they are, right, like you need to make some decisions that uh, frankly are going to be for that person's benefit as much as for yours, because they're not working out in that uh, in that organization for the, you know, for one of our clients and, and they should move on. And frankly, that would be what would be best for that person is to go find something where they they could thrive instead of, uh, you know, be uh, be a poor performer. So I, I I love that. Oh, yeah. And as we've always said, that is, just because you're not succeeding in my organization doesn't make you a bad person. That's right. Just makes you a bad fit here. Yep. And we've seen that in our careers hundreds of times where, yeah, they, they're underperforming here. It's a bad fit. They go someplace else. They excel wildly. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I uh, I once failed a personality test. I uh, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had been recommended... I had been recommended for a, uh, it was actually a, a large insurance company that you would know. And uh, I, I knew some folks on the inside who were so jazzed and they were so convinced that I would be a perfect fit. And the the guy who would be my boss was excited. And then I took the personality assessment and, and I'm sure it was measuring things like, you know, your, your, your behavioral tendencies toward good salesmanship. That's my guess. Uh, and I wasn't, you know, whatever it was, I wasn't. And he literally like, he had to just send me a letter and say, the process is over. I'm sorry, we can't bring you on. You, you did not have the requirements that we were looking for the end, have a great life. And uh, so uh, w- when I look back on that, I think what an incredibly terrible insurance salesman I would be. Uh oh. You know, I, I probably could make it work. You can make anything work. I do believe that anybody can put their mind to it and, and you know, change their skill set and change how they do what they do. But it would have been so bad. And I would have wasted, I guess, you know, a decade before I figured it out, right? Because I would have worked through the system. I'm a pretty likable guy. But they had some hard and fast rules. And I would have, instead of being a bottom feeder who just wasn't anything other than a nice guy who wasn't really a value, um, you know, I, I went off and found something else to do. Turns out it's something I love. Right. And, and, you know, the, the rest is history. And I, I think I have brought value to my clients, but oh my goodness, what, what a blessing that they had some hard and fast rules about, you know, that this isn't a good fit. Right. So goes right along with our discussion. All right. And you, you are a great salesperson, but you do it in a completely different way than that organization would probably have had you doing it. Uh, well, that's that I, I'll I'll take that. Yeah, they're, they're, everybody is selling, right? We're <laughs> we're all in sales, and everybody can do it authentically from a from a, a place that works. But mine would not have worked culturally for that organization. No right, right. Yeah, because we're selling the idea of do some math, find out if prices law is actually uh, a fact in your organization. Yep. 
and then you know figure out where you're spending your time coaching and who you're coaching and how are you coaching them yeah and, and can you thwart prices law i love it so that's fantastic all right so on the next episode we're going to talk about cole's law and cole's law is uh when you put together cabbage peppers and vinegar and create a wonderful side dish. Uh, so very excited about that. I, I am I am sad to tell you that uh, I think that's hilarious. And <laughs> and on uh, uh, the a couple Mondays ago, yeah, I think you know this that I tutor some seventh graders um, on uh, Mondays. And a few weeks ago, it's mostly young men, and I was able to get them to perform the chant "Owa Tegu Siam." And it was glorious. And I invite the listeners, if you're unfamiliar with that, uh, both of you, to uh, to keep saying that over and over again and, and get the blessing that will will come eventually from the enlightenment of that chant. So we'll leave that with our with our listeners. And I know I know one person who would never, never, ever fall for that. <laughs> our voiceover artist, Mr. John Wolf. Oh, yes. Yeah, he is much too clever and worldly and mature. Uh, so, yeah, take it away, Mr. Wolf. So go ahead and tweet that or share it any other way you want. As always, there are no rights reserved, no trademarks, no copyrights. Share it if you want to. And join us next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.